RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. The financial secretary warns of a record 300 billion Hong Kong dollar deficit. Donald Trump is acquitted by the US Senate at his second impeachment trial. And scores are injured when a strong earthquake rattles northeastern Japan. The financial secretary, Paul Chan, has warned the deficit will hit a record high of 300 billion Hong Kong dollars. But an increase in stamp duty revenue last year helped mitigate the financial situation. Speaking on a radio programme, Mr Chan said it'll be difficult to sweeten his upcoming budget. But there will be a combination of measures to help alleviate people's burdens under the pandemic. He said the administration will study how resources could be given to needy people. The government minister in charge of the COVID vaccination programme says if everything goes smoothly, people can start getting the jabs at the beginning of next month. Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nipp told a TV programme the first batch of one million doses from the German firm BioNTech should arrive at the end of the month. He said there will be at least one community vaccination centre in each of the 18 districts. Mr Nipp said the administration will announce the booking arrangements shortly. The Secretary for Innovation and Technology, Alfred Sitt, says authorities are working with universities to see how its contact tracing app, Leave Home Safe, can automatically record people's entry and exit times at venues. He said there had now been more than 700,000 downloads of the app after the government said earlier this week people will need it to enter restaurants, business venues and government buildings. Writing on the IT Bureau's Facebook page, Mr Sitt said while protecting personal privacy, there's also a need to ensure the health of the community. He again dismissed any privacy concerns regarding the app. The former US President Donald Trump has been acquitted by the US Senate in his second impeachment trial in 12 months. The Democratic majority leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, said the failure to convict Mr Trump would live as a day of infamy in US history and told the American people they should not forget what had happened when rioters stormed Congress. The Democratic House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, said they would look further into the events of January the 6th. We will be going forward to make sure that this never happens again, to investigate and evaluate what caused this, and, uh, both in terms of its, the motivation, but also in terms of the security that we have to have as we go forward, recognizing how inflaming even some of our elected officials uh, can be. Mr Trump's actions on the day of the US Capitol were stormed were roundly condemned by the senior Republican in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, who said the former president was responsible for a disgraceful dereliction of duty. President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. The people who stormed this building believed they were acting on the wishes and instructions of their president. And having that belief was a foreseeable consequence of the growing crescendo of false statements, conspiracy theories, and reckless hyperbole, which the defeated president kept shouting into the largest megaphone on planet Earth. The White House Deputy Press Secretary has resigned a day after being suspended for threatening a reporter. The White House said the administration is committed to meeting the standards of dignity and civility set by President Biden. The BBC's David Willis reports. TJ Ducklow allegedly called a reporter from the Politico website in an attempt to kill a story about his romantic life, threatening to ruin her reputation if she published it. 
When details of the call became public, the White House responded by suspending Mr Ducklow for a week without pay. But other journalists protested, saying the punishment sent the signal that reporters were fair game for the incoming administration. In his resignation statement, Mr Ducklow said he was devastated to have embarrassed President Biden and called his own behaviour abhorrent and disrespectful. An earthquake with a magnitude of 7.3 has struck the northeast coast of Japan in the same area hit by the powerful quake and tsunami 10 years ago. With its epicentre off the coast of Fukushima, the tremor left a million homes without power and more than 100 people were injured, although none of them were seriously hurt. Japan's meteorological agency said the quake was considered an aftershock of the massive tremor nearly a decade ago. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past one. The health minister in Guinea says four people have died of Ebola. In the first cases of the disease, there in more than four years. 11,000 people were killed by Ebola across West Africa between 2013 and 2016. The BBC's Julian Bedford has the details. The first known victim of the latest outbreak was a nurse from the southeast of the country. Eight people who attended her funeral at the beginning of February became infected and three have died. Guinea's health minister, Remy Lamar, has said he's deeply concerned about the resurgence of the virus, but infrastructure put in place during the last outbreak should ensure the disease can be better contained this time round. And treatments for Ebola have greatly improved, with the vaccine having been successfully used in recent outbreaks in the Democratic Republic of Congo. China has criticised the United States for expressing concern at Beijing's alleged lack of cooperation with the recent World Health Organization mission to Wuhan, saying Washington should not be pointing fingers. The head of the WHO team said it needed more data for its work, and the White House said Beijing had to release the information, which should be free from government alterations. Myanmar's military leaders have named seven opposition campaigners they want arrested under the rare charge of disturbing tranquillity. This follows protests sparked by last month's coup and the arrest of Aung San Suu Kyi. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. The seven are really campaigners who've been known in Myanmar for some time. But now uh, that the elected leader, has Aung San Suu Kyi, has been put in detention, these seven, their voices have been amplified even more. The most well-known is a man named Min Ko Nang. He has been on the scene for quite a long time. In fact, he he was a student who led an uprising uh, against the military in 1988. He, he's been speaking out for that long. And he has been one of the people really at the forefront of organizing uh, ongoing protests against the coup. In fact, he appeared in a video just today urging the military to stop raiding people's homes at night and to end the coup. And so, yes, the seven have been quite defiant. In fact, one of the seven apparently posted on Facebook a message effectively saying, catch me if you can, and really uh, vowing to continue uh, with her anti-coup campaign, uh, but it seems that the military does is signaling that it wants to crack down and it's intending on carrying out mass arrests. The chairwoman of the Central and Western District Council, Cheng Lai King, has called on Hong Kongers to use peaceful means to achieve their goals and to come together over the Lunar New Year. Speaking on RTHK's letter to Hong Kong, Ms Cheng said Hong Kong people have suffered in the past two years. First, because of anti-government protests, and now because of the pandemic. 
She said it's time to heal the rift among families and friends caused by the social unrest. Major concerns are rule of law, freedom of expression, big poverty gap, and dissatisfaction with government performance. Meanwhile, the latter pandemic also causes fear, anxiety, and alienation arising from unemployment, social distancing, low schooling, and lockdown. All we need now is love to all. Only peace can help the society's fraternity, harmony, and stability. We must adopt peaceful means with humble hearts to pursue our distinct goals and respect difference or even opposite views. Archaeologists in Egypt have unearthed what could be the world's oldest known beer factory, dating back around 5,000 years. With the details, here's the BBC's Paddy Maguire. In the desert west of the River Nile, the joint Egyptian-American project made the discovery at the burial ground at Abydos, a site from the earliest times of ancient Egypt that houses vast cemeteries and temples. Experts found eight huge units, each 20 metres long, and containing pottery basins used to heat a mixture of grains and water. The end result, beer, would have been served at royal rituals and sacrificial rites at the time of King Nama, the founder of the First Dynastic Period. The site had been found once before by a British team that had failed to recognise its significance and who had failed to jot down its location. Mercedes-Benz in the United States is recalling about 1.3 million vehicles sold since 2016 to fix a software glitch. The firm says the problem could lead a car's automatic location system to send emergency services to the wrong place when a vehicle is in an accident. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The financial secretary warns of a record 300 billion Hong Kong dollar deficit. Donald Trump is acquitted by the US Senate at his second impeachment trial. And scores are injured when a strong earthquake rattles northeastern Japan. This is the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience.
Don't let